0: Good evening, I'm Paul Drienzo with these headlines. A swarm of swatting incidents that began last week with false reports of shootings at the homes of prominent politicians escalated on Wednesday with hoax bomb threats mailed to several state capitals, in some cases delaying deliberations as buildings were evacuated by nervous police. Swatting is slang for making false reports to police of a kidnapping or crime in progress at a location. To prompt a SWAT-style police response, complete with body armor, automatic weapons, and flashbang grenades, members of Congress say they will move new legislation to increase criminal penalties on folks caught phoning it in. The FBI says they are investigating. Meanwhile, Iran has blamed terrorists for two explosions, killing nearly a hundred people and wounding many more at a ceremony in Iran on Wednesday commemorating Qasem Soleimani, a military commander killed by a United States drone in 2020. Iran's top authority, Supreme Leader Ayatollah Khamenei, vowed revenge for the bloody twin bombings. They came 20 minutes apart in the southeastern city of Karman, where Soleimani is buried. In related news, the leader of the Lebanese group Hezbollah, his name is Hassan Nasrallah, vowed revenge for the assassination of Hamas military leader Salah al-Aruri in a drone attack in Beirut on Tuesday. But Nasrallah stopped short of calling for a full-scale retaliation against Israel, widely suspected as behind the explosion. He admitted Lebanon, suffering from numerous internal problems, is in no condition to wage war. At the end of the day, we are in a country that is facing its own difficulties and its own challenges. So we made sure to take all of these things into account and we opted for the formula that we are implementing on the battlefield. National Security Council spokesperson John Kirby concurred. We haven't seen Hezbollah jump in with both feet to come to Hamas's aid and assistance. We don't want to see this conflict widen. We don't want to see a second front, front open uh, on the north. We don't think that's uh, good for the region, certainly not good for the Israeli people. A lecturer from Sterling University in Scotland is Bashir Sade. He tells WBAI from Beirut that Israel assassinated El aruri to draw the United States more directly into the war. A way to create a situation where the U.S. is forced to regionalize the war. And the thing is, I don't think the U.S. wants to do that or can do that. Israel is running out of options. They haven't achieved anything. Israel has never been so weakened at the military political level. In related news, an Israeli woman, Aviva Siegel, who spent 51 days as a captive of Hamas, told the PBS NewsHour on Tuesday that Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu may be more interested in defeating Hamas than freeing hostages. Netanyahu wants to... Keep the war going because he wants to win the war. But he can't keep the wo- the war going and get the hostages out. He needs to keep. He needs to go to a ceasefire and then get them out. Siegel's husband Keith remains captive in Gaza. There are about 129 hostages still being held in Gaza. And the future of U.S. military support for Israel and Ukraine hangs in the balance as House Speaker Mike Johnson, a Louisiana Republican, doubled down on the GOP's threat to withhold funding unless the Biden administration cracks down on asylum seekers at the southern border. He also backed Texas Governor Greg Abbott, who has threatened to use state laws against migrants. Right here in Texas, Governor Abbott has heroically done more to enforce the law than the president has. And how has this administration responded? They have sued the state of Texas to stop their deterrence efforts. They have brought them to court to, to strike down their ability to put up uh, buoys in the water and, and razor wire and the rest. Tens of thousands of migrants have been shipped to New York and other northern cities by Abbott. On Tuesday, Mayor Eric Adams called the Texas governor diabolical. And in more local news, Wednesday was the New York City Council's charter meeting, beginning a new four-year term after an unusual two-year term that comes every 20 years because of census redistricting. Council Member Adrian Adams was re-elected unanimously. The council has duly elected the Speaker of the City Council, Council Member Adrian Adams and New York State Attorney General Tish James administered the oath of office to Adams. Both old friends giggled through the ceremony, and then James spoke. You are truly an inspirational council speaker, a role model to many, many little girls, black and white and Latino and Asian. They all look to you. Adams listed all the firsts that she represents. The first wife, the first mother, the first grandmother chosen for this position by the first women majority and the very most diverse council elected by New Yorkers in our history. Paul D'Rienzo, New York.